Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. This is the Entree Architect Podcast, Episode 85. Welcome back to the Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, whether you're in the process of launching a startup, or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. He committed to taking all seven sections of the architecture registration exam in seven days. He launched a new scholarship program where recent graduates of architecture school can be reimbursed for the cost of their first exam. And he's worked with his team to rebuild the operational structure of his organization to better serve its members. This week on the Entree Architect podcast, I welcome back my friend, the now past president of the American Institute of Architecture Students, Charlie Kletcha. This episode of the Entree Architect podcast is sponsored by the Entree Architect Report. That's my free weekly newsletter. Subscribe at entrearchitect.com slash newsletter. Charlie Kletcha, welcome back to the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast. Thanks for having me, Mark. Pleasure to be here. It's great to have you back. Um, the, we've had you before on the podcast, episode 62, for anybody who wants to check that episode out. Uh, we sort of got into Charlie's origin story and where he's come from and talked about sort of just as he started becoming 
uh, getting into this new role as president of AIAS National. Uh, and now we're, we're going to be talking to him as he's exiting uh, as president of AIA National, literally uh, on his way out the door. Um, and, <laughs> and so uh, talk about that a little bit, Charlie. I mean, you're, where are you now and what, you're, what are you doing and, and uh, where, what's your, sort of your current status right now? Sure. So, uh, so we just this past weekend had uh, our annual grassroots leadership conference, uh, and part of the the opening ceremonies actually for that conference are held at the National Building Museum, where we uh, inaugurate the new board. Uh, so we actually have an oath of office. Everything I got to read that for the incoming board of directors. And so, as of uh, last Thursday, uh, Danielle Mitchell is now the AIAS national president, and I assume my term as past. So I'll be on the board for one more year, uh, running elections committee and doing some uh, some alumni network development. Uh, and uh, yeah, later today I I pack up the car and head back to Detroit to uh, to start my career. No, oh, very cool. Where's Danielle from? Where where does she uh, call home? Uh, she's from Pennsylvania. Just graduated from Penn State. Okay, great. So she is she moved to DC uh, beginning of July. We have new officers come in July first, so they get a bit a bit of a a ramp up and uh now it's all on them <laughs> so you get a nice nice overlap um yeah. well the main reason i wanted to have you back is because um you uh uh proceeded with your are exams your architectural review uh, architectural registration exams um in a very interesting way so in a very very public way um, you studied for the ARE for seven weeks, right? And then you took the exams themselves in seven days, right? One after another. That's correct. Yep. Um, and so, uh, w what was your goal in doing that? What was the, the point of, of doing that? Um, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the overarching goal of the campaign was really to, uh, to promote a new scholarship fund that the AIS, uh, has launched and, uh, and really just to encourage, uh, recent graduates to get started on the path to licensure as early as possible, uh, just to to take that first exam and get that out of the way, so it's not this looming mysterious thing out on the horizon. Uh, but to to start making some forward momentum toward their goals. And that's a relatively new way of taking the exam. I mean, when I took the exam, you needed to finish your IDP, your intern development program, before they allowed you to take the exam. Uh, yeah. And that has changed, right? You can take That's the correct, exam yeah. right out of school, right? As long as yeah. you've completed it, completed your education. You can't take it before graduation, correct? Correct, correct. Yeah. So you, NCARB you, was recently, it's called early eligibility uh, and allows, in most jurisdictions, testing to begin before the experience component is complete. Yeah, yeah. Which, is, which is great because you can come right out of school with all of that sort of momentum that you gain in, in, in architecture school and roll right into it and take your exams and, and try to get those out of the way. And then you just finish up your IDP and the rest of your hours that you're required. Uh, and then you can be eligible for licensure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what There's do a you lot of advantages to that, that, that approach when you're still sort of in the mindset of school, still used to studying and cramming and uh, yeah. And so, and some of the content areas are actually a lot easier when you still got them fresh in your mind. Uh, you know, structures, for instance, is the one that's always cited as, the sooner you take it after school, the better, because as an entry level, uh, you know, designer, you're not likely to be encountering a whole lot of structures. Was there anything else you learned uh, while you sort of studied for this and took this? Anything that that uh, for you personally or for the exam itself that could improve while you took this uh, 
these seven and seven? Um, well, I think there's a lot of improvements. I'm, I'm actually a little jealous that, that uh, I'm uh, not going to be taking ARE 5.0. Um, I'm, I'm very excited to see some of the, the developments in new uh, content types, the idea of, of case studies and, and hotspots and things like that. Um, so I, I think a lot of improvements are already sort of in the pike. And uh, I think the reformatting both of the ARE and, and IDP to, to align to uh, the sort of realistic breakdowns of practice uh, are definitely a step in the right direction. Do you think that this change will actually uh, encourage more architects to become licensed? Uh, that's the hope. Um, you know, that, that was sort of the message all along is that uh, a lot of the a lot of the the myths about licensure that that may have contributed to um, to some having you know a, a very prolonged period on that path um, are, are going away. Um, so, for instance, it, it's often assumed that you have to have experience in an architecture firm uh, in order to do well in the exams. And, and uh, through this campaign, I've also debunked that myth. I actually have no experience in an architecture firm. Uh, and while it, it took a, a great deal of hard work and study, uh, I, I was still able to, to do well on the exams without experience. What was your biggest surprise? Um, the results, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't mention the results. What what were the results? Did you pull this thing off? Uh, I passed all seven on the on the first go. That's awesome. That was uh, that was uh, as much as I would have loved to have been optimistic throughout. I, I had to be sort of uh, cautious about it, and I was hoping for four, and and was considering five out of seven a best case scenario, um, just based on statistics. I guess uh, there weren't any that I walked out of. You know totally thinking I bombed, but um, I, I just sort of practically assumed that there's no way I'm going to pass all seven. And that was never the uh, the intention. It was about committing to a plan and, and and taking the exams and not so much about what the results were. Was it harder or easier than you expected to do it the way you did it? Um, a little bit of both. I think there's, uh, in many ways, it was easier to take them all at once because there's a, a great deal of overlap in some of the content between the exams. Um, so studying for all of them at once was sort of self-reinforcing. Um, and then just taking them all back to back, there was something um, kind of gratifyingly epic about that. Um, I, I remember walking out of either the first or second exam and thinking, you know, man, if I had studied for even half as long as I did preparing for this, and then sat for one exam to walk out of that thinking, okay, that was, you know, four or five weeks leading up to one day. Now I have to do that six more times. Um, I remember thinking that that would, that would be, uh, you know, a bit of a daunting thing to think. So, so in my mind, at least there was something very um, satisfying about even just taking on all seven back to back and just knocking them out. Yeah. I mean, there once was a time and a lot of the old timers will, I'm sure are thinking this right now that, that you would take all exams, and I think there were 12, 12 of them at the time, uh, mm -hmm. all of them in one day. And it was only offered one day per year. And so you would study uh, up to that point, all of the architects who had want to be licensed uh, for that year would all roll into a gigantic auditorium. They'd sit mm -hmm. down and they would take all of the exams for an entire day, uh, including drafting, and they'd all have their portable drafting boards. and. Uh, and so th this is sort of reminiscent of that, that you sort of can now do a very similar thing where you can create your own uh, opportunity to get this thing done in a relatively short amount of time.
Yeah, and, and I think there were some other things that were kind of lost in, in the shift away from that process. Um, I've, I've told a number of people that um, in that system, because it was all at one time, um, there was a certain sense of, of camaraderie and, and collegiality built into the process because you knew anyone who was getting ready to test. You know, if you were in an office, chances are that the workload on those interns would kind of scale back ramping up that time in June because all of the interns were distracted. And so they were all preparing together. Um, now under the current format, even with, uh, if you do seek out a group to study with, um, chances are you're not studying for the same exam, not testing at the same time. Um, and, and if you don't proactively seek out someone to study with, it can be a very, uh, a very isolating, a very lonely uh, journey to prepare. It doesn't have that sort of built-in, um, you know, sort of mutual uh, um, hold to to uh, to the goals. Yeah, I've I've heard of several uh, study groups being put together where where the intent is to sort of schedule a group of <coughs> interns. Uh, to study together for the same exam, all take it on the same day, and then mm -hmm. study for the next one together, all take it on the same day. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that's a very good approach as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. Would you encourage others to uh, commit to their own seven and seven, or do you think that it's, a, is it a good way to do it practically, or is it was it really just sort of a way to get the word out and it wasn't really a, the, the best way to do it, mentally and hey. personally? Uh, for, for personally, I yeah, I, I can certainly understand anyone who would be ready to uh, to take that on, but I think the biggest uh, barrier to to this approach would be uh, the financial one. Committing to paying for all seven of the exams if you if you paid as a student to start an in card record, you have that other two fifty to pay as well. <coughs> Excuse me, um, and then to to purchase the the resources necessary to study for all seven at the same time. Um, that can be a big uh, big challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, but what about what about the actual seven-day exam period? Is that something that is is practical? Is that really something that that people should strive for? I mean, should they look at you as an example of the way to do it, or is it really just a way to kind of get the word out uh, about you know the exam and how it can be done this way? Yeah. No. I think again, if you can if you can afford to to take the time off, if you have the support from your firm or wherever you're at in your in your career um, to commit to it to to spend that kind of time. I didn't uh, do much other work that entire two week span. Um, I scheduled all my exams kind of in the middle of the day. Um, so if you can do it, um, yeah, it's win or lose. I, I, I think. Regardless of how many you pass in that go, I think there's a lot of benefit to uh, to stacking them together like that, just for the the experience of getting through it. If if you fail any in that run, um, you know, 60 days later, you can you can reschedule and and uh, keep that momentum going. Yeah, I think it's a it's definitely a, a positive change to to that they that NCARB has has uh, put together here. Um, when I took my exams in the 90s. Um, we could take them anytime we want, just like you can now, but we, we had to go through, actually I was, I took the exam just before IDP was required. So I didn't have to do the IDP, but I did need to do the hours. There were still hours involved that needed to be uh, uh, recorded. And um, it had taken so long to get to that point that I was already, uh, I had my own company and I, I was starting Five Cat Studio because Anne-Marie was already licensed. And so, so many other things were distracting me that I never 
got around to the <coughs> license part of it. You know, my partner, my wife was already licensed, so we didn't technically need it to, to practice architecture. Um, it took so long for me to finally commit to the to the time to do it, and it took me over a year to do them all because I didn't commit to them to do them all at the same time. I gave myself lots of time to to kind of schedule them around the rest of my life. So I would say that that it it would be a very good thing for <coughs> students who are coming out of school who has that who have that mindset who are on that in that momentum to to take them as soon as possible. Um, you know, mm -hmm. not necessarily take them all in one week, but to to schedule them right away uh, before, you know, and put them on your calendar, get them, get them signed up uh, mm -hmm. and take them as soon as possible. And if you, if you pass them all, then you're done. And if you don't, then at least you got mm -hmm. most of them, most of them finished. So uh, I think that's, it's a great, great thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you also launched this year at AIAS National, this Professional Advancement Support Scholarship, uh, PASS, PASS. Um, could you talk about that a little bit, what that campaign's about and that scholarship program? Yeah, sure. So, um, so the, the biggest, uh, deterrence we saw, at least a perceived deterrence from, uh, recent graduates getting started were, um, you know, the financial burden, as I mentioned in the, the sort of general lack or alternatively overwhelming of information, um, in terms of what resources are out there. So, um, while the the seven seven campaign and sort of the documenting of my journey going through it and what I was studying, that sort of was intended to uh, to approach the the information aspect of that, and so this scholarship is really intended to address the other side, the, the financial side. So what it does is um, for recent graduates of the AIS, if they can pass uh, one exam within a year of graduating, um, they can apply for this scholarship and be reimbursed for the full cost of that exam. Uh, so we launched initially an Indiegogo campaign to get the get the ball rolling, uh, and it's now a permanent page on our website, um, both for donations to the scholarship fund and for applications uh, to receive the scholarship. Um, so that will be the applications will actually go live uh, this fall. Uh, now that we've you know built up a, a little bit of uh, of reserve in that fund, uh, and I think the initial wave uh, should be uh, at least half a dozen to a dozen scholarships, depending on how we want to. Uh, you know, spread that out strategically. Yeah, so that's a great idea. So, so it encourages students to take them quickly, you know, mm -hmm. to, to do exactly what we're talking about doing here, uh, and take the opportunity that they have to take the exam. And if you can take it, and you pass it, you you can then apply. Is that how it works? Then you can apply mm -hmm. and say, I passed it within this certain amount of time. Uh, yep. And then if you're accepted as one of the dozen scholarships, then you get reimbursed for that exam. What is mm -hmm. what is the overall cost? You were saying that that one of the uh, the deterrents of doing it all in one shot. What what does it cost to do everything in one shot? Um, well, so the exams themselves are two hundred ten dollars a division. So that's one thousand four hundred seventy. Uh, as I said, if you haven't uh, paid the balance on your NCARB record, that's another two fifty. <clears throat> and then the uh, the study resources. It really comes down to. Um, how much you need, what you need, what your study style is, uh, and, and kind of which provider or providers you go with. Um, so that can be anywhere from a few hundred dollars up to several thousands of dollars, uh, you know, depending on how much you invest in it. What materials did you use to study? Um, I, I tried to use as many different things as I could get, get my hands on. Um, because this is a campaign of the AIS, we had a great, um, great connections to, to reach out to different providers. 
Um, so Kaplan, for instance, is a, a sponsor of the AIS. Um, we reached out to Architect Exam Prep is a, a relatively new provider um, out of yeah. California that produces um, some excellent packages. I use those very extensively. Um, and it just so happened that the AIA was just launching their partnership with uh, Mark Tier Black Spectacles uh, to produce the AIA ARE Prep series powered by Black Specs, um, a, a video seminar basically uh, led by Mike Newman, a, a professional out of Chicago, um, that goes through each division uh, kind of topic area by topic area. Um, and so, I, I, like I said, I, I basically used anything I can get my hands on and, and sort of provided my unbiased, uh, uh, unfiltered feedback on, on all of those different resources and what their certain strengths and weaknesses were. That's great. <clears throat> That's excellent. So your, your, uh, your final day here at, uh, mm -hmm. in DC as you've already, you've, you're no longer AIAS president, right? It's the, the baton right. has yeah. been passed. Um, mm -hmm. can you give us sort of a, uh, a state of the Institute report, sort of give us an idea of what happened this past year and, and what you know mm -hmm. is uh, planned for this coming year? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a, a lot of this year was, um, it, a lot of the accomplishments we had this year were, were sort of back of the house. Uh, so we were, under, we were in the middle of a, a, a transition with our executive director. Um, so we were uh, onboarding our, our new exec, Nick Surface, uh, this year. <clears throat> and that provided us the opportunity to, to really take, uh, take a hard look at, at many of our, our policy and practices uh, at the national level on kind of an administrative and, and operational level. Um, so some of the uh, things we took on were a, a complete digital infrastructure overhaul. So we, we kind of streamlined a lot of our digital processes, which had been sort of hampering a lot of the, the operational aspects of the organization, uh, including membership processing that had previously been a very tedious and, and um, kind of analog uh, a process. And we've shifted that over to a much more automated uh, thing. We're, we're on kind of a Google suite now. So we have uh, cloud data storage and, and email integrated with calendars, Google Hangouts, all of, all of the things we kind of started using individually anyway. Um, uh, we, we did launch a few new campaigns. Um, my, my own 7 and 7 and Pass campaigns were, were big pushes to highlight the professional development value of, of the organization and of membership. Um, we also launched or prepared and developed and are now getting ready to launch uh, the Archetype Project, which kind of is a, a balance to the sort of licensure track promotion of, of the pass is uh, sort of a celebration um, of those trained in architecture who've gone on to a whole range of fields, uh, including traditional practice in maybe non-traditional ways uh, and, and a whole host of other uh, professionals in, in, in music, in fashion design, in, in graphic arts, um, and kind of across the board. Uh, so it's these individual little sort of podcast style uh, profiles on these professionals and how how their education and architecture has contributed to what they do now. Oh, I, I love that. Is that going to be hosted by a specific person, or is that sort of uh, it's going to be individually produced videos? Um, they uh, the, the vice president was really leading. Um, so Obi Okolo yeah. um, was was really kind of leading that project. So he hosts a number of the videos, but he was doing that with the support of our our membership committee, which is comprised of our, some of our members from all across the country. So you'll hear the voices of of many. Um, Many of our, our, you know, emerging student leaders, um, kind of taking on these calls and running these interviews. Yeah, that's a great idea to sort of uh, bring bring the 
the two, you know, the, the profession and the student body together. It's uh, mm -hmm. that's a great idea. Yeah. So anything else going on? What, what's the future, um, what's the future look like at uh, AA, at AIAS? Any any ideas on on future campaigns? Yeah, it's uh, the the upcoming year is shaping up to be very exciting. Um, we're already well underway on planning our uh, our annual conference for the end of this year. Uh, we always hold our big membership conference over New Year's. That will be in San Francisco from December 29th to January 1st. Um, so that's a big exciting thing. We're doing a lot of new things with the conferences here. Very excited about the, the venue and <clears throat> some of the events and speakers we've already lined up. Um, the uh, board will be taking on several new initiatives. Um, I know the, the president has convened an international task force to look into um, what we provide to our international members. We have uh, a handful, uh, maybe a half dozen international chapters presently and have interest from several other uh, schools internationally about joining. Um, developing what our international strategy is, what the benefits of membership are for those outside the U.S., um, as well as in categories like high schools and community colleges where it's not the traditional uh, chapter structure. Um, we also uh, have a, a group assembled to look at our, our regional conferences, which have been uh, somewhat ad hoc and, and really entirely student-run up to date, and now we're looking at how we can coordinate those across the regions, how national office can better support those so that they have what they need to focus on uh, the programming and the events. Um, we're also again kind of at the, the back of house level where we, we just approved a budget uh, for FY16 to hire three new staff members um, which will significantly enhance our, our kind of operational capabilities as an organization uh, and really allow us to put some muscle behind these new programs and events. Um, and that includes one full-time staff member who will be dedicated exclusively to uh, our website, our social media, our digital content. Um, so we're actually getting ready uh, sometime in August to launch a brand new website, uh, which is something that the organization has has needed for a little bit of time. It's, um, <clears throat> for being a, a group of young, forward-looking designers, uh, our, our digital presence really has to be a, an accurate reflection of and resource to our members and, and really students everywhere. Um, so we decided that that, that really needed a uh, full-time staff dedicated to, to that alone. Well, that sounds like a, uh, it's been a great year. And I think there's been some tremendous progress at the Institute this year with your leadership. And so, uh, and all the people who were working with you, it sounds. Yeah. I'm proud of what we accomplished and I'm very excited for what's to come. Yeah. Yeah. You certainly should be proud. Um, so, so you're heading back home to Detroit. So, uh, What's planned for you now that you're leaving AIAS? Uh, well, I get a, <laughs> I don't have much time uh, this week. I actually basically turn around and fly right out to San Diego tomorrow uh, for the NCARB licensing advisor. I'm uh, an architect licensing advisor uh, with NCARB, helping to uh, support and educate those on the path to licensure. Um, seems fitting with my recent experience, so I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to sing on a panel uh, at that event. Um, after that, I, uh, I return home again, and uh, my wife and I are taking a little bit of a vacation to uh, <laughs> recover from the the year we've spent a thousand miles apart. She's actually out in South Africa right now. She's oh, wow. a archaeologist. She's on a on a dig. Um, decided to get her travel out of the way while I'm still out of town. 
Um, so we'll be doing a little road trip out to Yellowstone. And then uh, August 24th, I start my new position with Quinn Evans Architects in their Detroit studio. Um, it's conveniently a block away from where I live. Uh, and we'll share a building with AIA Michigan and AIA Detroit, uh, as well as Lawrence Technological University's downtown studio and gallery. Uh, so a nice central location. Uh, Quinn Evans specializes in adaptive reuse and historic preservation uh, and is looking to kind of expand their portfolio. So Detroit, uh, while it's currently kind of a small satellite studio, it is a growing office, taking advantage of the, the many opportunities it, with the existing building stock in Detroit and the kind of positive momentum that that city has going on right now architecturally. Yeah, you could not be in a better city for that type of architecture. Pretty exciting. Yeah, and uh, AIA will be hosting their uh, leadership conference or their grassroots conference uh, in Detroit, the first of the, the split conferences uh, this upcoming February. So I look forward to jumping right back to getting involved with uh, national events. Yeah. So are you going to get more involved in AIA now that you're, uh, you'll be out into the profession? Yeah, that's, uh, that's the plan. Uh, I am still on the AIA national board as student director through the end of this calendar year. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to getting involved with AIA Detroit, uh, getting on their uh, emerging professionals committee and, and just kind of seeing where that, where that takes me. Um, I imagine from what I've heard that the AI tends not to let go of, of folks who um, demonstrate a willingness to serve. So I imagine I have uh, many years of, of involvement yeah. yet to come. Well, that's, that's good to hear because uh, you are certainly a leader and a leader that's uh, much needed in our profession. So thank you for your, uh, for your dedication. I do what I can. <laughs> yeah, so, so thank you for being here today. I appreciate your time that you, uh, that you slipped in between uh, closing down shop and, and moving on to, uh, to, to your next bigger and better adventures. Um, but I wanted to, to acknowledge you for what you've done this past year and, and, and the time before that. You have certainly have um, uh, set yourself to be a, a role model for uh, other students as well as professionals. Um, you've uh, put yourself out there with the seven and seven and, and, and launched this pass, uh, scholarship. You certainly will leave a legacy as you leave AIAS as this grows and continues. Um, so thank you very much for your dedication to the profession and to the students, uh, who are, who are, uh, emerging as professionals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It was an, an honor and a privilege to serve and, uh, certainly a life changing experience for myself and. All I can hope is that uh, it, it's done some good for those that come behind me. What's the best way for someone to contact you if they wanted to uh, say thank you or ask you some questions about what we talked about today? Um, I can still be reached at pastpresident at AIAS.org or charlieclutch at AIAS.org, both, uh, both direct to me and will be active as I remain on the board for uh, the next year. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much for taking your time and sharing your knowledge here today on the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast. Absolutely. My pleasure, Mark. Thanks so much. If you would like to leave a review for this show on iTunes, please go to entrearchitect.com slash iTunes or in iTunes. You may find yourself there. You can just search for Entrepreneur Architect and you'll find us. But even more important to me is that you share this with a friend. We're growing here at Entree Architect and it only happens with your help. I can't do this by myself. So go to your email right now and send a link to entrearchitect.com slash episode 85 and send this episode to all of your architect friends. Share it in a tweet, post it on Facebook, tell everybody you know. 
I appreciate your support for what I'm doing here. And I really thank you for spreading the word because I can't do this without you. So complete show notes for this episode in the direct link can be found at entrearchitect.com slash episode 85. And just a reminder that this episode was sponsored by the Entree Architect Report. That's my free weekly newsletter. When you subscribe, I'll send you a short, easy to read email every Friday morning with direct links to both the weekly blog article and each of these weekly podcast episodes so you will never miss one thing. Everything I do will come right to your inbox. I also share my weekly resource to help build better businesses for small firm architects, or maybe it'll be something to help you be more productive or live a happier life. And I share my thoughts for the week on a more personal level, and I share some of the behind the scenes of my life as a small firm architect. If you're not already a subscriber to the to the newsletter, you can quickly sign up at entrearchitect.com slash newsletter. Just put your name and your email in there and every Friday morning, you'll get a little message from me. And before we go, quote of the week. This one's from Art Gensler. I, was, I just returned from Denver uh, where I was participating at the AIA, the first ever AIA Entrepreneur Summit. And Art Gensler was the, uh, the keynote speaker, the opening keynote. It was an excellent speech. Uh, and a great event, a huge success. You want to find more about that, you can go to um, the Entrepreneur Architect Facebook page, and I wrote a little bit about that. Art Gensler's quote, One reason Gensler has been so successful is that we run our firm like a business. What I mean by this is that we continually reinvest in our business. We offer competitive wages, reinvest in people, offer profit sharing. We incorporate all kinds of things that architects never thought about. I did this because I wanted to hire people and ask them to stay forever. My name is Mark Arlapage, and I am so honored that you are listening to me here today. I'm an entrepreneur architect, and I hope you come back next week. See you then. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this. I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders, Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that, (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real 
to this day, I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my One that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast. It's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.